You're listening to Liturgies of Life, the fifth season of Enacting the Kingdom. Here you'll be joining me and Father Jeffrey as we consider the wider implications of our everyday rituals. From shopping to social media to sports and to the so-called work-life balance, let's explore how the mundane aspects of our daily existence truly become liturgies of life. What if I told you that there was a religion in your city which had everything that you'd want out of a religion? You could have the big cathedral. Actually, probably the most expensive building in your city is this, this, the cathedral of this religion. It's huge. It's beautiful. It fits thousands of people. Uh, and w- what if this religion also had colors? So you could, everyone who participated could actually wear the same colors and and nod to each other on the street as they walked by. Uh, What if this religion had uh, a weekly uh, gathering where you could all come together and make that pilgrimage to the spot, to the cathedral, and go in. And once you're there, you could stand up and you all knew the same songs to sing. And you all knew when to sit down and when to stand up. And you all knew when to cheer and when to cry based on the performance of the liturgy. Um, what if this religion also had saints and relics, those heroes from the past who exemplified the spirit of the faith? And what about uh, those relics of when those amazing events happened in this religion? And you might even have some in your home. Oh, this, this is from when this happened, and I keep it here on my shelf. Well, Father Jeffrey, I'm talking about sports today. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 religion of sports. Uh, I, I think few religions rival sports in today's world. Um, you know, the, the stadiums being the cathedrals, the colors being the jerseys, the uh, the pilgrimages to the cathedral being game day, the standing up and sitting down when everyone knows when to do that at certain parts of the of the game, the chanting, the singing, yeah, the chanting, yeah. the chanting, the the saints. Right in hockey, you have Wayne Gretzky, who's the saint of of hockey, but you also have the relics. I remember having uh, a football that one of the Hamilton Tiger Cats gave to us, so we kept the football. It was this relic that we had Mm -hmm. Uh, we we did everything but kiss it but like Mm -hmm. we could have um so i'm not sure is this still a big thing the cards that people you know collect and trade of the saints you know um exactly yeah you know and which have inscriptions on them and um You know, uh, and then what about, you know, after they go, you know, there's the kind of Valhalla, the, the, the heaven, the hall of fame that, uh, you know, they get inducted into and they get revered and well, I I was watching. So I, 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 I'm a sucker for sports as, as many of our (laughs) listeners know, I do, I do enjoy participating in this religion to a certain degree, but, um, there's so particularly my sport of choices, both American and Canadian football. And in, I, I was watching this video of they've been doing this thing now where the head of the Pro Football Hall of Fame will actually surprise the person who's being inducted. Like they might be at their home or, you know, at some event and he'll come and they'll see him and they'll like, they'll know, right? And, and the phrase he uses is something like, um, you know, uh, you know, in, in Canton, uh, you will be enshrined forever for all time, right? And, and like this language of eternity, 
is invoked. Well, well right? what do we call them? We call them stars. Yeah. Right. So, you know, no, you don't often think about this, but that's the word we use for these eternal celestial objects. Right. You know? Abraham, like Abraham is told that your, your, uh, your children will be like the stars of heaven, which is not necessarily yeah. about the number. It's about the glory and the honor. You will be yeah. like the heavenly beings, the so eternal heavenly beings themselves. We will set you in heaven, you know, and that's, this is what these stars are, you know, or we call them celebrities, which, which has to do with, with celebration and, and yeah. worship and, and rights. It's a, it's a canonization. So it is absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so sports is, is like I, I really feel like sports does religion than a lot of religions do, um, uh, and I really think sports has a little bit of everything for you. And it's no wonder it's so popular. And I, I'm not even sure exactly what to talk about in today's podcast. Aside from that, I mean, what, one of the things could be, well, I watch American football. I watch Canadian football. Many of the people listening here watch sports in various forms. If it really is so religious, should even Orthodox Christians participate in that as viewers? Like oh, what, what are the models we can use when engaging these various different kinds of rituals? Um, and I, I mean, I've been using the term religion, um, but you know, that's, I don't know if that's too strong a word to use for sports. Um, but yeah, how do we as Orthodox Christians, I guess, engage with these rituals and religions? That, that's probably what we'll talk about today. Yeah, I think there's a, a few ways we can go with this. Um, I mean, at the outset, I mean, both you and I are fans of different kinds of professional sports. So we're hardly going to be the ones who hold up our hands and say, you know, this is absolute idolatry um, and, you know, it's sinful. We should have nothing to do with it because of, it is so religious. I think just noticing that it's religious is important, but but it's to it's a way of kind of focusing our attention on the fact that everything in life is religious. There is no neutral, you know, ground. Um, and it's also to notice that all the successful religions anyway, I imagine there's ones that are entirely unsuccessful, don't go anywhere, we don't notice them, but the ones like this that are so profoundly successful, and as you quite rightly point out, possibly the most successful one, although the, the kind of pervasiveness of consumerism, you know, uh, gets a, a shout out here as well. But I mean, yeah, in terms of the like, more contained way that it, it is packaged and so forth. I mean, as a proper religion, this has to be, you know, the dominant one in our culture. But the reason they are successful is that because they're counterfeiting the good, right? Um, in other words, you know, a good counterfeit is going to approximate as much as possible the real thing. And so... Right. You know, so you, not, would, you would expect then to have saints you would expect to have cathedrals and liturgy and colors like th yeah, th and, th and that would be I, baked in but beyond that actually because th those are the kind of forms of the thing and you can imagine just sort of celebrating evil somehow or or darkness or 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 you know people hurting each other that sort of thing which would be you know and not a very good counterfeit of of the truth or of of the christian you know, faith and so forth. But here, in actual fact, there's a lot that we can say that is good about all of this, right? I mean, you could talk about, um, you know, the, the training of the body, right? The kind of uh, mortification of the flesh, the the bringing of the body into line with, with values and goals and, and so forth, the, the idea of sacrifice um, and so forth. Um, the idea of the you know the body be needing to be brought 
under the guidance of wisdom and of purpose, right? So that you have a, a plan, a strategy, and and you're you're kind of con- you're bringing the the passions and powers of the flesh together in order, you know, to 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 kind of support an activity of, of the will. All this is, you know, good. The sport is the place where we can exhibit loyalty uh, to one another, that kind of team building, uh, uh, courage, uh, fortitude, resolution, um, you know, uh, preparing to overcome our, our weaknesses and take on responsibility uh, and so forth. Um, you know, we can uh, face up to danger and, and overcome obstacles and, and achieve collective, you know, ends, um, sport itself, you know, kind of points beyond itself to, to kind of greater, you know, purposes and, and goals like, you know, um, you know, the, the, the idea of, of, you know, common, uh, purpose and, and victory and, and joy, you know, because it's not even so much at the end of the day about the particular contest, but about the, 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 the kind of the, the purpose, the standing on the podium, you know, and, and, rec- and receiving the laurel wreath or the, the medal or the, the whatever. I mean, this is all, this is what all that hard work and preparation and, and, and sacrifice has, has been about. It's about leading, you know, to that goal. So consequently, it's not a surprise that we find all of these metaphors actually in Christianity, in, in the scriptures, in, in the church fathers, right? So it's, it's that good a counterfeit, <laughs> you know, that the very language and symbolism of sport is actually taken up many times, you know, it's not just like occasional references here, but St. Paul goes on and on about this throughout his letters. Every time he seems to want to find a way of expressing what he wants to say about the spiritual life and about you know, the, the kind of training and formation a Christian needs to, to go through. He, he turns to sport, to athletics, to, to that ascetic and, uh, you know, struggle and, and, and so forth as, as the kind of principal way of talking about this. And it becomes a dominant, you know, theme, um, in the church fathers as well as they, you know, in the early church, athleticism was, was, was one of the main, you know, uh, ways of talking about the, the Christian spiritual life and, and, and asceticism and so forth. So it, these things come very close together, right? I suppose where we part company is saying, you know, what is the ultimate value and purpose of human life, right? And yeah, there, yeah. It, it's where you stop and where sports no longer pointing beyond itself, where it's only pointing to a kind of uh, limited, um, you know, this world end that we would say, hang on a minute, there is more to this, actually, that the kind of thing that this represents can be repurposed towards something even greater, right? So yeah, I, in that sense, we're not going to criticize a lot of what's going on there. I think for me, the, the, there's a lot of criticism that has to come into play for modern professional sports, contemporary uh, professional sports, the way money has perverted that. So that's where consumerism has kind of interfered with it. But in 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 and of itself, sport and contest and athleticism and, and, and the, the team building and all that is actually really, really close. It's a very close, as I say, counterfeit, but a close approximation of what a lot of the stuff we want to talk about in the spiritual life is anyway. If you're not a patron of Enacting the Kingdom, you're only getting half a podcast. This show only exists because of an active community of people just like you over on Patreon. 
When you become a patron, you'll get additional episodes, live streams, and our ever-growing backlog of episodes, 66 at the time of this recording. And as we're social media free, Patreon is the only place to engage with us and others about these episodes. Go to patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom to join the growing community. I had a friend who once called uh, sports games anti-liturgy. <laughs> Just anti-liturgy. He didn't like going to them because they were anti-liturgy. I could see his point, but I, I don't think I land fully uh, I don't land kind of where he where he landed on the on the subject. Well, and one of the reasons is because in sports itself is the acknowledgement of a in certain at certain times there is an acknowledgement of a higher principle that transcends sports itself, right? Um, mm-hmm. Things like you know somebody might say, "Well, it's not about me; it's about the team," right? Like, yeah. well, why does that hit us so well? I think that that's sort of a, a, a deeper principle that um, is even beyond sports itself. It's not sort of se- that 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 idea is not self-contained within sports. But also, I remember watching, you know, the, these videos happen every once in a while, you know, in the Olympics where somebody, you know, one of the people's trips and they kind of like sprain their ankle or whatever. And then they, they knock accidentally knock over the other person and then the other person gets up and starts running, but notices that the other person kind of can't quite get up. So they actually go back, right. And then put the arm on the shoulder and uh, carry and walk with them over the finish line. Or there's the, the, the famous one from a few years back where the, uh, a man was running a, a race, like pulled his hamstring and fell to the ground. And his dad ran from the stands onto the track and picked him up and walked with him over the, uh, over the finish line. And like, that, like Sam with Frodo. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's not about winning. Like he literally got last place, right? He yeah. literally got last place. But that is like of that race, no one remembers who won the race, hmm. right? But So there are these moments in sports that actually acknowledge a more fundamental story that mm-hmm. exists in the human condition. And and um, yeah, I, I, maybe we'll stop there. But like that, I, I think that, that's important, right? At least in my watching of sports, I I do see I I know where the limits are for me. You know what I mean? I I, I don't get sucked in all the way, right? I participate to the degree that I think is good, and I can then sort of see how this gets enveloped into the Christian story through moments like that. Yeah, and certainly this has to be about. You know, as with all these things, you know, in life that we can return again to St. Augustine and his view on things and signs, right? That any thing in our life can either be treated for itself, in which case it becomes an idol, right? Um, Or it can be treated as a sign of something else. And I think what we've just been reflecting here is that in so many ways, all these athletic contests and, and sports, including up to you know the very organized sports and professionalization and, and so forth uh, of that, all these games that involve the body being you know brought to to a purpose together with others and so forth. That all of this can be a thing. And it can be worshipped and it can be an idol, therefore. It can take away from the place of God. It can misdirect our our passions and our desires, our hungers towards something other than God. Or it can be made to be this really, really useful metaphor that points beyond itself 
as a sign towards God Himself. And uh, you know, there there are there's so many examples from from church history and and Christian, you know, thinking and and and, and life where this has been the case. It has worked, you know, really really well. And um, I, I do think that we are living in a slightly dangerous era, though, with the kind of I mean, just the 20th century and into the 21st century now of, you know, the way entertainment has become so all pervasive, right? And then when, you know, the kind of Hollywood, you know, lifestyle and, and money hit what used to be, you know, something quite noble and, and on its own terms and it kind of mixed up into this thing. This is where I really worry these days about, you know, becoming a fan of, of kind of professional sports and everything. It's not that long ago that people were really debating whether sports are only good sports when they're amateur, right? The Olympics was hundred percent amateur in my lifetime. Uh, I, it wasn't that long ago that a sport like rugby, you know, was still being practiced rugby union as an amateur sport. Right. And, uh, the, the, the money corrupts, right. And so, and there's an awful lot of it sloshing around in, you know, the big, you know, sports, you mentioned, you know, American football, you can add basketball and, and, and baseball. Not Canadian uh, football, though. <laughs> not so much Canadian football, oddly. You know, they, it's almost being practiced on an amateur I know. Like people, need, people need, like, the, uh, they need a winter job to, to survive. Yeah. Well, exactly that. And, uh, but then, uh, then there's probably the, the most egregious example of all is world football. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of things like the, the, the British, uh, premiership, English premiership and, and so forth that, you know, the, the distortion that that caused, you know, cause, cause there, I mean, you know, the Britain is very class based still as a society. Right. And, um, and I, I, I grew up within an English family that, um, you know, was at least upper middle class in its aspirations and so forth. So, uh, you know, the sports to talk about were rugby and cricket and, and, and whatnot. And, and from my, my interest in football was it really, really looked down upon. Surely that's the, 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 the sport, the religion of the working classes, right? And, you know, and, and it had kind of dark sides to it, you know, when it was uh, very much the case, right? I mean, it, there was a certain amount of tribalism that, that lent itself to criminal elements and became hooliganism. And we don't need to rehearse all of the that part of it. But in any case, it was embedded into the culture, the DNA of working class families, you know, across England. And, uh, you know, going back to, you know, the middle of the, the 19th century, when that sport was, um, was kind of first organized uh, into, uh, you know, association football. Which is, and by the way, the, the abbreviation of association is what gives us the term soccer. Um, but uh, but then that all changes. You know, by the late '80s, early '90s, money in huge amounts comes in. You go you go from the fact that the, the footballers are are earning about the same as the wages of. The, their working class buddies working at the at the factory or in the mines or wherever else uh, to suddenly they're making what Hollywood you know leading stars are making and it's devastating you know on so so many levels and now I mean the, just in the last little while the, the the contest between you know English football teams is between you know really really 
dangerous owners. <laughs> you know, you've got the Russian oligarchs and you've got Saudi Arabian, you know, princes who are, you know, by day executing, you know, people by the hundreds and and by night watching, you know, the their football team that they own in in, in England and everything. I just think we've lost something, <laughs> you know, of what this original model and metaphor of, you know, human beings with only their own physical strength and and their their determination and their will and their joining together in common purpose, you know, contesting this ancient sport. You know, I mean, it, it comes from the Middle Ages when people would get a pig's bladder and fill it with air and then knock it about between one village and the next, and and you know, that has now transformed into this really really ugly, dirty, sullied, you know, thing. And I, I feel really conflicted about that, I have to say. You know, th at the heart of it is still a sport, is still a human drama, is still people, men in this case, who are willing to to kind of sacrifice their, themselves for this, this kind of purpose, right? And then all the goodness that we talked about, and it's still loyalty and courage and fortitude and resolution and, and all the virtues. But now it's... There's something quite dark about that, and I just I fear for what has happened to to that, and and maybe the, the, those people who are defending amateurism, uh, you know, were right, you know, somehow that that, that there's something that about mixing this with with money and and the kind of darker purposes of humanity that has not really kind of worked out in quite the same way. So, so mm -hmm. I can no longer hand on heart say this is a religion <laughs> that, uh, that kind of perfectly counterfeits, um, you know, so many aspects of, of the Christian life because it, there are sinister forces, you know, at work and not that human beings are, are very far from that anyway, but, but because of the level and the scale and the, and the, and the thing. And, and I, I really hope that somehow across all these sports, I mean, I, I always, I love to hear about, you know, the Green Bay Packers, you know, as a thing, you know, the oh, community yeah. oh, owned yeah. a ti tiny, tiny town, you know, there are more people that the stadium holds more people than live in the area, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and and in or, or or similar stories in other sports where there's that kind of deep connection between the people, the local, the locality, and and just the, the the real human drama and story of it all, as opposed to, you know, the the money that comes from oppression, and 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 the dark side of humanity that just kind of has crept in and taken over and just dominates the thing. And it scares me. Mm -hmm. It really yeah, does. And yeah. so I'm confessing to you here, Father, Wonderful. that, um, you know, my lifelong love of a working class club, you know, uh, that you started as Newton Heath, uh, railway workers getting together in the you know, 1850s, 1860s. And, you know, by 1878, I joined the Football Association in, and uh, mostly associated in, in their time, you know, with the Catholic side of, of, of the city, um, you know, but, you know, went through incredible stories of of loss, the, 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 the and, and transformation, several bankruptcies and, and recoveries because the local people pulled together and, and, you know, very famously, you know, uh, 
associate itself with young players all the time. Um, and then a tragedy struck in the late 1950s when uh, a plane, uh, when their first forays into European competition, a plane crashed in a snowstorm and a whole generation of young people were lost. But within a decade had recovered to win the European Cup. Um, and that team that when I first started following them were in the second division, you know, and struggling and, uh, you know, became the dominant world thing that is Manchester United with 300 million fans now, apparently, uh, you know, that's concerned mostly with commercial sponsorship and not so much with, you know, the, the, the local, you know, area and everything. I mean, I started following because my mother was born a mile away from the stadium and, uh, I followed them through thick and thin and, uh, I've, I've seen the way that money has just corrupted, you know, that entity. And I often thought, you know, should I just go and choose some lower division club to follow? Um, but, uh, anyway, it's, it's been difficult, you know, but this, mm -hmm. the human story, the human drama that's at the, at the heart of that is still there. There's still a mythology in that, I said, the Munich air disaster, which was really formative, you know, uh, in the club's, you know, history and so forth. It, it, I mean, it's still, still part of the, the culture and everything there but it's just being obscured by by money so i am confessing to you that uh, right. this is not not an easy thing to, to follow these days if you are getting value from this podcast please consider writing a short positive five-star review on your podcast app and even though we are social media free there is still a place you can keep up to date with enacting the kingdom you can join the email list by going to enactingthekingdom.com well, I'll confess to you then, uh, in turn, uh, <laughs> you know, another aspect of, of sports life, if you're somebody who follows sports, is sports news, sports radio, sports TV shows, sports talk shows, sports podcasts, sports analysis. And um, I, I remember listening to, uh, for a while there, I was just listening to sports radio when I got in the car. And first of all, the ads are annoying. So I'd mute the ads and then have to guess when the ads would be done. And then there was this contract dispute. There was two players on a team and, you know, there was really only going to be enough money to keep one of them. And, you know, where are things at today? And, oh, but what should they do? Could they do this? And could they do that? And it was like on the sixth day of them talking about this, I, I just had this moment of like, I think that what I'm listening to and participating in is what St. Ephraim of the Syrian is talking about in his prayer that we do in Lent. Oh, Lord mm. and Master of my life, you know, give me not the spirit of sloth, despair, lust of power, and idle talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think that my experience of sports radio in that moment was one of, like, absolute... Like, it's people who aren't involved in the situation yeah. who are giving opinions that yeah. literally don't matter. Yeah. Like that's, I had that like crystallizing moment and I turned it off and I never went back to sports radio after that. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I'm not saying all sports radio is bad. There's good analysis. You can learn more about the game and the sport and, and, and everything like that. But I think that there is a lot of human energy, time, money that is being spent on and creativity that's being spent on the vice idle of idle talk, <laughs> right? And that is one. So for you, you're bringing up the consumerism side of um, of sports. I'm bringing up the idle talk side of, uh, of sports. I think it can easily suck you in. And everything is always really important in sports talk. You know, it's, it's always really important. And you know what? It rarely is actually important. Oh, I know. It's so 
transitory. I, long ago, I, I, I mean, I watch every Manchester United game still, but I, I, I start watching at kickoff and I turn it off <laughs> at the end. And thankfully, yeah. you know, uh, in, in uh, European world football, there, there are no advert breaks. So we don't even get that, you know, bombardment. Yeah, I have to, I have to mute the commercials during American football. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, I think there's another thing to be, you know, said here, and that is that I, I, for this to properly work in line, I think with with the ultimate Christian purpose of life and everything. And I say there there are so many metaphors and that are used, you know, in the scriptures and and elsewhere that that draw from athletics. But the point of that isn't spectating, right? <laughs> the point is participation. And so there's a there's another maybe um, you know kind of insidious aspect to the the, the really powerful religion that is professional sports and that is it draws us into a way of of engaging with athletics or sports or combat in the sense team team sports that is just completely passive just completely um idle you know so it's not just idle talk it's idle sitting uh and watching and everything and so when it's functioning best you know observing others in the contest should inspire us to do something as well i'm not saying you necessarily have to do the sport that we're watching, but well, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go buy some cleats now, but it might help, right. You know, to, or to be inspired, you know, into something. And I, and I grew up watching football, soccer because I was playing it. Right. And, um, it was a big part of my life. I and mean, I wanted to emulate my heroes, you know, on, on the football pitch. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so I, I and then when I later actually had to give up, um, you know, uh, football in, in, in high school because I had to wear glasses and that really didn't work so well with, uh, with playing the sport. Uh, so I took up tennis instead and, or, and, I, and cycling and I would watch that, you know, I, I learned to be inspired, you know, in, in that way. And I think there has to be some amount of, of, of reciprocal, you know, participation for, for this to kind of all make sense. I mean, so the, the other danger of this religion is that it's one of, of utter passivity sometimes where you're, you're just being told to, to sit and consume. And, and, and that often involves consuming the food uh, habit part of that as well, which is not always the healthiest, uh, you know, of, of, of undertaking. So let's just also say that for this to really to work in a, in a healthy way, it has to be participatory in, in some way or another. So you might watch two hours of, of, of a game on a Saturday afternoon, but, but let that be preceded by a bike ride or, or a walk or, or some, some sort of physical, you know, activity, because if this is to work properly, it should be inspiring, right? So that the, you know, who watch these, I mean, really wonderful examples of human sacrifice and devotion and determination and overcoming adversity that should ultimately lead us as St. Paul says, you know, to, to, fight the fight to to run the race to 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 seek to do that and that's both spiritual and physical right so he's using it as a metaphor um you know for um you know for the spiritual life and for for that that kind of uh christian race that that we're running but he's also keen to say that we glorify god in our bodies right that that our bodies are brought along you know for that uh that we're we're not just souls temporarily inhabiting you know bodies our bodies are important and their their physical uh health is important so we need to nourish them we need to take care of them you know through proper health 
care intervention and, and maintenance, but also through physical activity and exercise and, and, and sport can be such a tremendously positive part of that. And I, I don't think there's anything in our Orthodox faith that argues against you know, that kind of, uh, of participation. Um, you know, I did take up, um, football again, soccer again later when I was a bit older and I'd, I'd become Orthodox at that point and was involved in, um, a church community. Um, and this cause I was wearing contact lenses by this point, just for those who wonder why I couldn't. And then I could, um, but, uh, I remember being told, you know, by somebody who found out that I was going to be in this league and playing and practicing on certain nights and playing. And I, and I sort of said, I won't be able to attend a certain Bible study or something for a while because that was game or match night. Uh, I was given this kind of very curious and, and quite condescending look, you know, surely, you know, that the Bible study is more important than, you know, than this. And, you know, I, I just shook my head and said, no, actually, you know, this is part of it. This is, this, you know, yes. Okay. I regret that, you know, the Bible study conflicts with this, but, but, I, there's nothing to say in in my faith that that me becoming a healthy you know human being and and following this this physical you know sport in a way that is consistent with the overall goal of human life is 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 somehow you know something to be you know marginalized or or shunted aside or looked down upon right so I, I want to encourage our listeners to to sort of integrate this into their life into their Christian life and, and to understand that, you know, as St. Paul does, as many of the church fathers do, you know, to, to use this as a proper symbol and sign of, of the Christian life. And, uh, you know, not that you miss every liturgy and every Bible study for it, but, but within a balanced life, it, it can be a, a very you know, appropriate thing to do, a very Christian thing to do. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Yuri Gladio, an Orthodox Christian priest with a lifelong desire to keep learning, and I'm joined on this show by my teacher and friend, Father Jeffrey Reddy. Father Jeffrey is the director of the Orthodox School of Theology at the University of Toronto and holds a doctorate in liturgical theology. Come connect with us on Patreon with any thoughts and follow-ups about this episode. We look forward to seeing you next time.